Listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network podcast, episode number 145, featuring Rod Sabery, the Split Window King. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, Darren interviews Rod Sabry, the owner of the claimed world's fastest street-legal Corvette. Right along to hear about Rod's outrageous 1963 Hemi-powered split-window Corvette. Before being detuned for cruising to car shows, this one-of-a-kind vet was once a 3,000-horsepower machine like no other. It's time to head to Manchester, Maryland to meet the split-window king. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. So glad you're here. Thank you for being back again this week, my friends. In a few minutes, we'll be spending time with drag racer Rod Savory, a guy who owns a car with some serious horsepower. I think you're going to definitely enjoy this week's episode, and, and quite honestly, this vet of his is insane. It is known as the world's fastest street-legal Corvette. And as his fan page has noted, this car is truly an engineering masterpiece, and it stands as a testament and a statement to Rod's ability to build what others say is impossible. Remember, this is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community, car culture. More right after this. Hey, just a reminder to all you Cubers. It's not a moment too soon to become a Casa Kalao subscriber and accelerate your experience. Leaving a five-star rating on iTunes, posting a review, and sharing Casa Kalao with friends makes you an integral part of the crew. If you like what you hear, support the cause with a quick click at the PayPal button on the main page of our website, CarsAcarlisle.com. So act now. Take a look around. Let's hit the fast lane together. Thank you. Okay, we have just tacked up, warmed the tires from the burnout. We are at the line deep staged and have our eyes on the Christmas tree. We are now ready for our quarter mile pass and this week's trivia question. It is a multiple choice question this week, and it is this. How many split window coupes were produced in 1963? So how many Corvette split windows did Chevy make? A, 9,251. B, 10,594. C, 10,970. Or D, 11,111. That answer awaits at the end of this episode. So it is time to go to the studio phone and speak with Rod Sabry in Manchester, Maryland. Cubers, this is Darren, and I am pleased to have Rod Sabry on the phone tonight. Rod, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show tonight. We are talking to Rod by phone. He is in his hometown of Manchester, Maryland, and we're just in our pre-meeting having a lot of fun talking about... Uh, all the things going on and and uh, the pandemic can't slow down car guys and and all the enjoyment we get out of things so rod i think that uh you've you've had i mean the title given to you of uh 
the split window king, and uh, you had a, a red 63 split window, you said, that was uh, deemed the uh, fastest street legal car. There's a lot of great vehicles that are in your stable and have passed through your garage. We'll, we'll touch on some of that, and we're probably even going to get into a, a part two show about the purple 63 that uh, came into be just here in this past year. But, Rod, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how you got here, and, and I know that you... Uh, your family was in, involved with horses and livestock and all kinds of things, but always that passion for cars and your sister and, and your siblings. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about how you got to uh, got to be a car guy. Okay, sure. I, I've always had the love of cars and any car. I'm, I was never really particular Ford, Chevy, Chrysler. It didn't really matter. I just like cool things. And in the 60s when I was growing up, I actually graduated from high school in 69, so that kind of gives you – a uh, idea of the timeline for me but uh, in the 60s I started loving Corvettes Every, everything that came out on them I was reading everything and I had pictures and posters on my bedroom wall and like I told you before it, all, it was always coupes and it was C2 coupes from 63 to 7 that's the C2s they were my favorite I always wanted to get one and sooner or later I was going to have myself one and then in 69 right before I graduated from high school I was able to buy a new car, and I went to look at Corvettes. And I was actually looking at a 69 Corvette, but I was in a band at the time. I played drums in a band. Even though I had a small kit, there was no way I could get my kit into a Corvette. And so I ended up buying a 69 Z28 because I had a small trunk and a back seat, and, uh, and uh, I could put my toms on the seats, including the passenger seat, and all my kit hardware in the trunk. And it was funny because I used to drive to band jobs. I could never take a girlfriend or anything because I had the seat full of drums. Um, but anyway, so I, I did. I, I had a, um, to start off with, I had a 55 Mercury uh, when I turned 16. That was my grandfather's. And the two-door hardtop, it was a beautiful car. And then I um, got rid of that, and I had a little 32 Ford two-door sedan which a friend of mine started he never finished it I, I finished it up here in a little shed that we had uh with no heat a dirt floor every time it rained the floor would flood out it would float all my tools around oh, and everything yeah. it was a mess it's still there too actually i should take a picture of that and and post it somewhere um but anyway um back in in uh, 69 i ended up with a 38 ford coupe it was a really cool little car I had a 283 with a three-speed the factory original three-speed had an adapter for the bell housing and i drove that to high school for a couple years and then i that's in 69 is when i traded that in on my 69 camaro and i got 300 dollars for my 38 ford coupe i remember it was like it was yesterday and it was not the, it was a cool little car, but I remember when I took it to Jerry Chevrolet to pick up my Camaro, they looked at it, the 38, and they said, oh, park that around back. And I pulled <laughs> it around back, and all, all these junk cars back there, up on blocks and no wheels and tires, and I felt so bad, I actually cried walking away from it. I'm thinking, that little oh. car's probably thinking, what did, you, what did I do to you? I took you everywhere you wanted to go. <laughs> but anyway, so I got, a, <laughs> I got a new Z28 Camaro, and uh, so that's where my love with Chevy really started. And um, unfortunately for me, a couple of friends of mine, we used to hook school and go to a drag race. It was a little racetrack called 7580 in Monrovia, Maryland. Mm -hmm. It was well known and closed for years. And 
we used to hook school and go there on Wednesdays. They had some kind of test and tune, and we would all race. And I used to race my Camaro there, and I started loving drag racing. And before you know it, I turned it into a NHRA Superstock J car. It was the 302, which was the Z28, and that put me in the Superstock J class. Mm. And I, I started doing so good with it, I actually took it off the street and just raced it. So wow. I raced it all the way up to 79. I, I went to all the national events. I, I got a little NHRA class win Wally, which is real hard to get, uh, in 1977 with it. Um, in 1976, actually, I was racer of the year at York US 30. You probably heard of York US yeah. 30. That was a oh, well-known track all across the country. And, uh, yeah, I was racer of the year there in 1976. And then in 79, York closed. That being my home track, I was so distraught, I quit racing. <laughs> mm. I parked. I didn't have a garage at the time. I had a two four-foot doors in my basement, and I parked the car in my basement. And and then I built it while I was sitting there. I built this little 32 Ford two-door coupe, and it was uh, they called it a three-window. The doors opened backwards on it, and I put a little small block in it with a blower, and I did all the work myself except the paint. And I bought all my used parts from junkyards, you know, just cannibalizing like yep. Camaros and old Vegas and things like that. Um, and I kept the 32 Ford for quite a while. It was on the cover of Street Rider magazine in 1980. You can look it up, nice. uh, fans. Uh, 1980, it was a uh, December issue of, of the cover of Street Rod magazine. Street Rider, sorry. Um, it was bright candy apple red. Oh, wow. But anyway, so I graduated from the 32 Ford uh, back, believe it or not, to my Camaro. My Camaro was still in my basement. I sold the 32 to someone. And... I ended up that at 1980 is when Pro Street really was becoming pretty popular, and I decided to Pro Street my Camaro. So in right in my basement, I built that thing right beside my washing machine, <laughs> and and uh, I did everything on that car except the outside paintwork. Okay. Um, a, a friend of mine, Butch Nevis, did the paintwork, and it was candy apple uh, blue. Uh, at before that, then we painted a candy apple red for the street. Um, so I, I did really well with it. I campaigned it in the, the pro street class all over the country. And at the 84 Street Machine Nationals, I won best car, best engine, and best interior with it. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool. That is great yeah, accolades. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's hard hard to do, I'll tell you, because there's some nice cars. It's unbelievable. There's some great mm -hmm. cars. Made a lot of good friends. And um, so in 84, after I won that, those awards at the Street Machine Nationals, I ended up selling it because I wanted to build another car. At the time, I had to sell my current car to build a new one. Sure. And uh, so I hated to sell it because I had it from high school. But anyway, I sold it to a fellow up here in Reading, Pennsylvania, and he had it for 35 years, and I bought it back. And that was just four years ago. I was able to get wow. it back from him. That's um, amazing. And, and I know you have yeah, a, a awesome. story to tell about your 50th reunion, right? Yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's a cool thing. You know, I, as I said, I, I, I drove it to my prom, 69 Camaro. I drove it to my, my high school prom. And then when I got it back, which would have been um, three years ago, so it would have been 2019, uh, yeah, 2019, two years ago, 
my wife and I drove it to my 50th class reunion, which mm. was pretty damn cool. Who could say um, they can, and not many people can do that. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, so the same car I drove to my prom, I drove to my <laughs> reunion. And one of my smart-ass classmates, he, he said, well, it doesn't look the same as it did back then. I said, yeah, neither do we. 50 years ago, you know, I think the car held up better for 50 years than we did, <laughs> to tell you the truth. But uh, it'll never leave again. I've changed a lot of things on it. I kept it looking like it was when I sold it in 84 that was the whole point you know I didn't want to change the looks of it because it held up so well the guy that I sold it to hardly ever drove it and uh, I put a different uh, front suspension under it and refreshed the engine and so forth but so I wanted to make it look like it did when I first built it in 1980 yes um, yeah, I so it. but it's it's still here if some, I'll never sell it. Something happens to me, my wife can do with it whatever she wants to, but mm-hmm. it's going to stay here as long as I am. Yeah, oh, that's a great, so, um, great point. Yeah, and then through those years, I've you know come up with I've I've built a lot of split window pro street cars. That's kind of what I'm known for. Mm-hmm. If you go to YouTube, you can see a lot of my crazy, stupid cars on YouTube. Um, I've had several, several of you know, split windows that have been on the covers of magazines. Actually, not bragging, but I've had 26 national magazine covers. Wow. And I'm just getting ready to do a a photo shoot either tomorrow or Friday for RPM magazine uh, with the purple car. And I don't know if it'll be the cover. You never know until the the feature comes out, but I'm kind of hoping. But, um, yeah, so we've had 26 magazine covers. And and this is funny, but, you know, a lot of the national magazines now – Carcraft, Super Chevy, Popper Hot Rodding, a lot of these magazines, except Hot Rod, they're still out. But they all folded, you know, last year. Last March was uh, when that was the last time they were on the shelves. And my wife and I, with my Camaro, had the March issue cover of Super Chevy magazine. And we have it. It was never out on the shelves. They actually went out of business right when the magazine came out. Wow. (laughs) and with the Camaro. So the Camaro was on the cover of a bunch of magazines back in the 80s, you know, Carcraft and Super Chevy and Popular Hot Rodding, and it made a lot of covers. So it did make one more cover just two years ago, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but um, So anyway, the, the car that you saw is my new uh, car. It's a uh, split window. It's probably one of the most radical cars in the country right now that's actually being driven on the street. And it was built by Rad Rods by Troy there in Illinois. And uh, people can look them up, their website, Rad Rods by Troy. And uh, it was built uh, almost 20 years ago, believe it or not, for a guy that had a restaurant. And he wanted it for his lobby as a wow factor for his customers to come in and, and you know, just think it was so cool. But it was never really built to drive on the street, believe it or not. It was never built to, it was never started. I don't even know if anyone ever sat in it. It was built, they called it a static display car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I happen to be friends with Troy that built it, and I know the quality of cars he built. I usually do my own cars, but I always tried to buy this car ever since I first heard about it, but I knew it was in a restaurant lobby. But I think the restaurant was called Mavericks. Uh, but anyway, he sold the restaurant. The car was in, in this lobby for eight or nine years, I'm guessing. And then it sat in an enclosed trailer for a couple of years. And I've been trying to buy it from this guy. His name was Rod Steele uh, for years. 
And unfortunately, he passed away mm. a year and a half ago, oh. and I ended up buying it from his family because they knew that he wanted me to have it. I had built a black split window back in 1986, actually of 85. Um, that was the car after I, I sold the uh, – that was what, the reason I sold the uh, Pro Street Camaro. Remember I said I had to yes. sell one car to build a new one? Um I sold the Camaro to build this black split window, which became pretty famous. Had a giant blower on it of as high as the roof. And um, but anyway, he, this guy Rod, that had the purple car, said that my, his inspiration to build the the purple car was my black car from the '80s. Oh, nice. So when I found that out, I really wanted it. <laughs> so I ended up with it. So it's it's really it's the thing that movies are made from. It's it's um. The, the journey that that car took to get to me is just something you can't make up. It, it truly is. Well, um, I, 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 could, we... I could write a book on just the, that journey that it took. But anyway, it's here now, and I spent a whole last year on it uh, making it streetable. Uh, power windows, because the windows weren't operable. It had no wiring in it, no fuel system, cooling system. It was a lot of work. Um but uh, anyway, I got it done. You saw it, and I'm driving it now. And, and heard uh, it, too. it was a uh, motor. It's a Keith Black Hemi, and it was built for a top alcohol NHRA dragster, which uh, was built as a competitive engine. And they have to be 3,000 horsepower to be competitive. Now, this is not that now. We've detuned it quite a bit from changing it from alcohol to gasoline because you can't buy alcohol on the street, you know. So I wanted to be able to stop and put gas in it. Even though I, I run racing gas in it, you could put pump gas in it if you get in the bind. You just don't want to put your foot in it. Right. Or you want to just limp back to the, the truck or trailer. Um, but, no, it's it's great. It's, it's a great car, and um, I've only driven it a couple times so far. We've probably got about 100 miles on it. And with the COVID and all, a lot of car shows and, and national events were canceled last year, of course. I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case this year. I'm hoping that they open things back up again and I can get it out there for people to see, you know. But um, so that's me. Anybody's uh, always invited to come to my shop and, and see my shop. I, I'm not a um, dealer. I'm not a... Um, I'm just a car enthusiast, like you are. Right. I got wrapped up in these cars early in, in my years, and I'm actually a roofer. I've I've had a roofing business. It's me, myself, and I. I never really had any employees except my sisters helped me for years. My dad told me in 1970 when I started, 51 years ago, he said, "Keep it small and keep it all." And, and, and <laughs> I remember you telling me that. And, and uh, so I just I just do the roofing. I'm still doing it. I just turned 70, and I'm still roofing. Wow. It's something that I really enjoy, and I'm going to do as long as I can. But the cars thing is just a hobby of mine that I'm, I think, you know, the good Lord every day I get up that I have a hobby that I care care so much about, you know. Absolutely. Well, I, I love the story about the 63 purple car. I saw it. I heard it. Uh, like you said, it is or earlier when we talked. It is so loud. It is. I mean, it's menacing. Um <laughs> We will keep it a bit mysterious, but when it was originally built, uh, it was at 3,000, right, horsepower? Yeah, yeah, it might have been a maybe a little over 3,000 yeah. horsepower, but I know it was at least 3,000 horsepower. We just had to detune it. Mike Janis sure. up in New York, who builds these type of motors, 
Um, you know, when I first got the engine in the car, I didn't think I could ever make it streetable, let alone even get it started, and and uh, didn't even have a starter on it. It was never built to drive or anything. But I called him and and uh, with some friends of mine that had some work done by him, and he said, "You send me that motor, I'll send it back to you. You'll be able to drive it." So oh, wow. he was right. He sent it back, and it, it's it's really streetable. I had some help with this car. Um, my good friend Tommy Gray runs a pro mod car, which you're familiar with the pro mods are. Mm -hmm. It's like the fastest door car there are out there. They run in the fives now at like 250 or 260. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's from Baltimore. He had a, a car they call the Undertaker and very, very similar engine to what was in this purple car when I got it. So I called him first and I said, do you think there's any way I can get this thing to drive on the street? And he goes, well, let's talk to my engine builder. So that's how we got a hold of Mike Janis and Mike, even though I've never met him, he acted like he knew me as a great guy. He did know my history, all my cars and all. And, and he said, you know, like I said, he said, you send it to me and I'll send it back. You'll be able to drive it. So, That's amazing. Um, and then my, my racing career, you know, and all this thing, I've, these things I've talked about, uh, in with all that, I started drag racing again in uh, 1992. I had a 57 Corvette. That's pretty well known. It was the first street legal car to run in the sevens. Wow. And uh, that's all over the Internet. Uh, and then I sold that and built a 53 Corvette, a real one, a real 53. You know, they only, mm -hmm. it was the first year they only made 300 of them. That's right. And, and uh, so I built a real 53, and that had a Sonny Leonard 800 cubic inch mountain motor pro stock engine Ooh. in it. And I ran this class called Outlaw Street. And Outlaw Street was similar to Pro Street, but the limitation <laughs> was you had to run a DOT street legal tire. Oh my. Nowadays, they're great. Guys are going really fast, but not 23 years ago. Um, I had to run a DOT tire, and all the ca uh, cars in my class were alcohol-injected blower cars. And they made 20, they made 2,500 horsepower. I only made 1,500. Yeah, right. But We ended up being the first car to go in the sixes, and we ended up world champion in 1998, and that's all on YouTube as well. Matter of fact, if you go to YouTube, you'll see that run in 1998 at Chicago Route 66 track when I ran the first six-second pass. Wow. And believe it or not, that car is right behind me, right in the garage. Oh, nice. Nice. I still have it. That is so cool that you kept it. The uh, the purple yeah. 63 split window, is it uh, – I've – I think I've I've talked to some some people that run in our circles, and they said it's it's a six second car, right? You know, I don't know. I I probably will never find out because mm -hmm. um, it it wasn't built to race, and and uh, although the chassis is like is the quality is quality of the car is over the top, it doesn't have a funny car cage in it. It would never certify to go that fast. Gotcha. So yeah. it I don't I'll never be able to find out. I had a twin turbo car back in the mid-90s, a split window that I drove on the street, and uh, it was a red, candy apple red car, and Mike Moran, a uh, small block in it, and that made 20-some hundred horsepower, and I did run 675 at 210 with that car, oh. uh, and that that is actually on YouTube. I keep, I'm sorry to have to keep referring <laughs> to YouTube, but, <laughs> but that's on YouTube as well for your, you know, For your viewers to go yeah, yeah. and they can check that out. Definitely um, want the audience to look that up. That car ran, it ran 670s like nothing. I think mm. this purple car is faster. Wow. I, I really do. 
but I'll never test it because, like sure. I said, it's it wouldn't certify and it wouldn't be safe to try to go that fast in it. But um, you know, the turbos make a lot of power down the track because you have to build your boost up for them to make a lot of power. So the second half of the quarter mile, they make a lot of power, and and this blower is instant. Exactly. And it's absolutely instant. And yeah. if I ever open this thing up on the street, I'll be in a ditch somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of respect but, to pilot that thing. Yeah, my wife likes it. It's It's got zoomies. You know, it's it's a Keith Black Hemi. It's all aluminum. And it's basically a top alcohol dragster in a streetcar. Mm. And it's got open zoomies. They're wow. just completely open. <laughs> I was going to put baffles in it, but she won't let me do it. She likes the loudness of them, and, <laughs> nice. and uh, it's. I have to wear earplugs, and everywhere we go, when we get to where we're going, I, I can't even hear anything, even though I have my earplugs in. Our ears are ringing, and it makes your ears itch. She says, <laughs> but but uh, we love it. It's it's a lot of fun. I hope your your viewers get to see it sometime. Well, for sure, that's on YouTube as well. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm going to put uh, some sound bites that you sent me with that idling in your driveway and everything. We'll put that into this episode so that folks can get at least a flavor for it before they check out YouTube. We'll be gone for only 60 seconds. Now, a word from our OEM sponsor. In the market for a Macan, Cayenne, 718 or 911, Porsche Mechanicsburg will match you with the perfect vehicle from their extensive inventory of pre-owned and new models. When it comes to service on these magnificent machines, their record of quality workmanship is unmatched with a staff of mechanics whose prowess in all facets of Porsche engineering is world-class. These are all time-tested trademarks that have been part of the Faulkner Auto Group since 1932. 2021 will witness an expansion of their sales and service excellence with the now-completed new state-of-the-art Porsche Center. Located at 6625 Carlisle Pike, Porsche Mechanicsburg is the destination when ready to make that dream a reality parked in your driveway. On behalf of the Cars of Carlisle crew, we would like to thank our friends at Porsche Mechanicsburg for the ongoing support of this program. Now, back to our interview. I would love to have you come back and do a, a whole episode just on the purple car and its journey. But... Uh, We'll, we'll definitely talk offline and, and see if we can make that happen here mid to late winter. The thing also, too, I wanted that was great is uh, I know you have multiple siblings, but uh, you have a sister that you really kind of helped mentor into the whole hobby. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I have a younger sister, Sherry, and an older brother, Roy. And my brother, Roy, was never really too much into the cars like I became. Um, he's more into fishing and crabbing and things like that, which is great. Um, but my sister, she had the, the love of the cars I think she picked up from me. So when she was growing up, we always go and look for a muscle car for her. And, uh, oh, she's had some nice cars. She had a 64 Corvette. It was a factory air convertible. It was black with uh, red and orange flames mm. down the front. Uh, this this is in like the mid 60s and when we bought it it was a piece of junk we bought it from a dealer and it had water they had the top was cut on it the convertible top was cut and the inside looked like you could put fish in it it was water in the inside and and uh but we ended up working on it for a couple hours we we were able to drive it home we didn't have a trailer or anything at the time but um we fixed that all up real nice for her. and then she had a big block chevelle she's had some really mm. really nice cars and um 
My sister can do anything. She can. She painted the cars, painted them outside. You would not believe how nice those paint jobs came out. Mm. Um, but yeah, so she's she still likes the cars. She likes dune buggies. We had a, a VW that we fixed all up. Um, we've had some pretty cool cars between the two of us. Very neat. Well, it's even cooler that you could have it in the family and you've had a lifetime pal to uh, to do some of these things with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, what's, I mean, you've got a, a stable of some amazing machines. Is there another uh, kind of that, that, uh, that next pursuit or anything you're looking for or you need to add to your collection? Um... You know, right now I'm not really looking. I'm usually um, in the process of building something new, and as soon as it's finished, I, I like putting them together. Mm -hmm. So usually when I get a car finished, I'm looking already looking for the next project. I'm not really doing that right now. I, it took me a full year to get this purple car to where I wanted it, and, and it was disappointing last year because of the COVID. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. get to take it many places that I sure. want to. So I think... That's what I'm kind of gearing up for this summer is I want to get it out there and do some national events, you know, the good guys shows, and, and I like to do SEMA with it, and so there's PRI show. There's so many things. The, the turkey run is in Florida uh, Thanksgiving weekend next year. Um, there's so many things uh, I'd like to do with it. So, yeah, that's right now. I'm, I'm not really thinking about building anything else. I have a couple things I need to do to it yet, and I'm just going to campaign it this year and have a, have a lot of fun. Good for you, and yeah, that's that's exciting just to have a car that's magazine worthy and uh, building a, a reputation for itself. Are you thinking about naming the car or giving it some kind of moniker uh, so people can easily identify it, or just leave it as it is? Um, you know, I ordered a set of personalized tags uh, at the Maryland DMV, which was a mistake, uh, <laughs> March the fourth. I know that date because I keep looking at the registration. March the 4th, I ordered personalized tags for it, and the tag says HemiVet, okay. and it's just V-E-T, so it's H-E-M-I-V-E-T. And, and uh, you know, here it is, and I still haven't gotten them yet. Hmm. It's been almost a year now. Yeah. So that's what I guess I'll call the cars, HemiVet, um, which is kind of sacrilegious to a lot of the Corvette fanatics. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, they, yeah, of course. No, but you blended two amazing worlds together, that's for sure. Well, well, Lance up there, you know, uh, Chip's son from Corvettes of Carlisle and from Carlisle Productions, uh, he's, Lance is a lot like his dad. He's really, really open-minded. His dad was just an incredible person. We became really good friends with him, and he had an open mind on these cars. A lot of the guys that have the Corvettes and do all the NCRS original things with them, that's fine. I appreciate all that, and I give them all credit. But they don't really, a lot of them don't have an open mind, you know. When you have a car like this, you should be able, if it's your car, you should be able to do with it whatever you want. And I didn't even put the Hemi in this car, but I think it's the coolest thing. Um, and, and uh, you know, Chip always appreciated all my race cars and all. And, and uh, matter of fact, he has this thing every year he, for Corvettes of Carlisle. You're probably familiar with it. Is He has Chip's choice. He picks 12 cars from all over the country and I from do. Europe. I do. Um, mm -hmm. it's just, well, yeah, 12 cars. And uh, two years ago, I had three of the 12 cars in there. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing, Rod. Yeah, and there's been five. I've had five overall Chip's Choice cars. Wow. Um, so 
and so Lance has taken after his dad in that way. He's really open-minded, and and uh, he's been really good to us. And he actually is the one that was responsible for putting us up on the stage this year at Corvettes or Carlisle, you know. Right. And uh, we we really appreciated him doing that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I was there that day and and was capturing audio and just that's before I really knew who uh, you know who owned the car and the and the story on it. And I. I just had to know more about it, and that's how I started to uh, talk to Roy Feller and others. But yeah, that that car just it drew such a. Cr I mean, the amount of people that had to come see it and hear it and get up close to it it's it's a beast. Oh, thank you. Well, like I told you earlier, we'll have to do to nail something down where we can get together, and the story uh, of how that car got to me. Is really something that, like I said before, you could actually make a movie out of it, mm -hmm. and, and um, it's really, really interesting. But it's going to take probably a good half hour at least to tell it. And right. one of these days, I want to put it all uh, down on writing, you know, like a little um, storybook about it because sure. it, it's amazing. You couldn't even make up some of the, um, oh my God, some of the path that that car has taken to get to me. Wow. No, I would love to. Uh to do that, to have that part two, we'll focus on the on the purple '63, tell the journey, the story of it all, and uh, anything I can do to help you with getting uh, getting that word out, love to be part of that. Okay, that that sounds great. I really appreciate it, Darren. For sure. Now I I'm as you know with uh, with this podcast, it's all about the people first. The community is is everything, and it's the machinery that brings us together. But uh, I think, and I know I'm biased, but everybody that's listening to this probably feels similar and that is to I think we are in one of the best hobbies there is and what a what an amazing thing that it brings us from all walks of life all backgrounds uh, all over the world together uh, to appreciate and as you said even though we all have maybe different perspectives or uh, what we think makes a classic or what to do or what not to do restore keep original modify go custom uh, but at least the fact that we can appreciate other points of view while at the same time just celebrating the, the hobby and the machines. But I really like the fact that it brings us as people together. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd like to close with something. Um, I go to a lot of places like national events and things like that, and sometimes people will come up and they'll say, I always like to ask them what they have and because and, uh, it's important to me. And a lot of times people will say, it's amazing how many times that this happens, but people will say, oh, you don't want to know what I have. It's nothing like this. And I'm like, don't ever say that, especially around your kids, because your kids look up to you. And the thing is, to me, all these cars are the same. It, doesn't ha it really doesn't matter how much they cost, how pretty they are, how many magazines they've been in, been in how many trophies they've won. That has no bearing on mm -hmm. it. They're all the same, and I can prove it to you. Yeah. Here's how I can prove it to you. If if I'm better looking than you, and I have more money than you, does that make me a better person than you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bingo. Yep, we're all people. We all put our shoes yep. on one at a time. It's, so. same, it's the same with these cars. Mm -hmm. You care as much about your car as I care about mine. Mm -hmm. They're all the same. I think that's a great philosophy, Rob. To me, I, I, I think a good way to get along in life is if it's important to you, then it's important to me. And I think you live that just with the way you ask the questions of others and that you make sure that they feel 
you know, proud of, of what they have or what they've worked on, no matter no matter what it is. I, I commend you for that. Yeah, that's how I feel, and, and uh, it's you know it's something that it's a camaraderie that we all have with these cars, and everybody mm-hmm. has a uh, uh, you know the the same like. Um, it, it's I don't know. To me, it's one of the best things that ever could happen to me was to get into cars like we are, and uh, I always say. There's a heck of a lot worse things you could do. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, this is, uh, as far as uh, a habit to have, I like I like being a car nut, for sure. <laughs> well, that was an, an yeah. excellent philosophy. Thank you for sharing that, and I appreciate you putting that kind of goodness out into the world. We need a lot more of that and uh, helping people feel proud of who they are and what they have. Anything else? I always like to give my guests a final time behind the wheel. And Rod, you've been a great, a great guest tonight. I can't wait to have uh, a part two to the show where we we will focus on the '63 split window. But uh, final word is for you, my friend. Okay. Well, I would I would just say that as far as I go, um, I'm I just turned seventy. Not that that's old. But I plan on doing this as long as I can because there's a lot, like I just said, there's a lot worse things you could be doing with your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate myself that my wife is into it as much as I am. And, and uh, that helps a lot. So if, you're, if you have a uh, loved one uh, or a wife that, that just really is into it like you are, boy, you should appreciate that. Because I know when I used to drag race, a lot of times it was just my wife and I, and we'd be racing against guys that had like a 10-guy crew and no women, you know. Yeah. Their wives didn't want to come and didn't care to come to the track, and I always felt sorry for them because it was the, the, that was the fun of it for me yeah. was to enjoy all this with my wife. Sure thing. I mean, you have your, your best friend and everything you need in your crew right there. That's great. Yep. So I probably I probably talked everyone's ear off enough, but yeah, I'm anxious <laughs> to get together with you again, Darren. Well, thank you very much, Rod. I appreciate you, you know, listening in, or I'd say um, being you know, participating from Manchester tonight. And uh, as things lighten up with the pandemic, maybe we can do the second part in person. But we will definitely you and I talk and find a way to uh, get that. Uh, that follow-on show set and ready because I think there's going to be an incredible story to be told and I'm really anxious to hear all about it. Okay, well, that sounds good to me. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Rod, I wish you a great evening. Thank you so much for being part of the community. Okay, Darren, you take care of yourself, buddy. All right. And on behalf of the entire team here at Cars of Carla, we hope you enjoyed this week's special guest, Rod Sabry. And Rod, a big block, special thank you to you for investing time with the CFC community. We can't wait to talk with you again. In fact, I'm really looking forward to you and I talking offline again and, and coming up with that uh, follow-up episode where we'll do a deeper dive story on that incredible 63 vet. So let's get that trivia answer. As you remember, the trivia question was multiple choice in nature, and it was in the year 1963, the first year of the C2, Chevrolet made how many split window coupes? And the choices were 9,251, 10,594, 10,970, 11,111. Well, the answer is B, 10,594. That's right. Chevrolet produced 10,594 split window coupes 
in 63. And that was, of course, as we all know, the only year that they made the split window. Uh, legend has it, of course, an argument came to be between Bill Mitchell and Zora Arcus Duntoff over the now famous, uh, it was very much a, uh, a design feature that uh, many really enjoyed and liked and others were very much against it. So uh, just a single year, as you know, for 63. Well, it's that time. We've made it to the end of the quarter mile. We are through the traps and we have our ET. As always, we are really excited to have you come back again and join us next week on another audio road trip. Just remember, this is your podcast. We want to hear your voice. Please email us at carsofcarlisle at outlook.com. I personally read each and every email that comes through. And we take your advice and comments and feedback and put it into making the show stronger and better week after week, month after month. Because together, it's all about car community, car culture. Drive well. Be well. Take care.